Welcome to the Fearfully and Wonderfully Me podcast, a podcast designed to help you increase your influence, develop your leadership, and maximize your results. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is the third episode in our series on how to increase your influence with or how to build your influence in a specific situation. And I'm so excited because today I've got a very special guest, um, but I kind of had to twist his arm to, to come be on the podcast. But today's episode is how to increase your influence with your spouse. So I thought, well, who better to talk about that with me on the podcast than mine? So I brought him with me. Well, I'm glad, glad to be here with you, Rhea. You, you going to put the pressure on me today? No pressure. No pressure. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Mac and I speak together. And that's most of the time when we're speaking, we speak together. And, you know, when you live, work, and travel with the same person 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you got to do way, you got to go way, way, way beyond just loving that person. You actually have to like them because... Mm -hmm. You got to like them. <laughs> we spend an enormous amount of time together. So I really thought this would be a good subject to, to talk about because a lot of times we talk about leadership and influence in our professional relationships, but most of the time we really want to increase our influence in our personal lives, perhaps even more than, than on the professional side. So I really wanted to talk about some specific ways of, of how we can do that and, and just offer some tips and, and thoughts for you on how you can do that. Um, because it's always good to have more influence. It is, especially with your lady. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you typically have your own podcast. Yep. This is kind of a guest appearance for you. The Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. So if what Max shares today resonates with you, you can also check out his podcast. Um, he really talks about leadership for the Blue Collar Workforce. Personal growth and development, leadership development, and there's a few episodes with you on there where you've been a guest on, on my show and added some value to my audience. So glad to be here with you today and help maybe help motivate and inspire your listeners to increase their influence at, at home with their significant other. Well, um, share with me, and I don't know the answer to this question. So this is kind of an open and it's kind of a scary open and question. Share with me or us some ways that I've increased my influence with you. Okay. Besides but, carrying Dove chocolates everywhere we go. <laughs> That's the number one way. <laughs> Chocolate, right? With Like we always say, though, with, with people, little things are the big things. And and, and that, that is a little thing, but it's, it's, it's a big thing that you, I mean, you're always uh, thinking about that. And you've always got chocolate. And I like that about you. <laughs> well, really you like good. chocolate. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> well, I like you too, Rhea. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, tell them something. You may have told them this already. I haven't heard your other podcast that that you got in in the queue to come out or whatever. But uh, just real quick, if you can, off the top of your your head, tell them about the five love languages. So when I talk about things, it'll kind of be in the, the that context. And and also, if the folks don't know about that book, they need to know about it. They need to read that too. Yes, uh, five love languages by Gary Chapman. Um, very powerful way of looking at how people like to be appreciated and acknowledged. And I think that's pretty powerful because number one, if we want to increase our influence with somebody, we should know how that person likes to be influenced. So Gary Chapman talks about that we have five distinct love languages. 
And most of us have a natural strong one or two. And when someone speaks, so to speak, in our love language, we feel very affirmed, we feel loved, our tank gets filled back up, the emotional bank account gets filled back up, and, and, and life is good. The problem is that a lot of times people in a relationship have different primary love languages, and we naturally speak best in our language instead of somebody else's. So if we have a different language from someone else, we might be speaking in our language, but they like to receive in their language. And so the message never is quite as strong. It never reaches that person with the same level of impact. So the, the five love languages are the first one is words of affirmation, right? And that's when someone who has this love language, they love cards, for example, doesn't have to be a store-bought card. Maybe if you just sit down and write them a note and tell them all of the things you admire about them. That's words of affirmation. Words of affirmation could be praise in public. Um, it could be public acknowledgments. It could be private. Just remembering to say thank you all the time is words of affirmation. Um, the second one is physical touch. And someone who has physical touch as a love language loves hugs. They want to hold hands. They maybe want to snuggle on the couch and watch a movie. You know, they just love that physical in an encounter. That's just one of their primary love languages. And so the third love language is gifts. Um, someone whose love language is gifts loves presents. And there again, they don't have to be expensive. You might stop and pick wildflowers and bring them home to somebody who loves gifts. And that would they would just feel so affirmed because you gave them a gift. The fourth love language is acts of service. And this is where someone who has this as their primary love language feels valued and appreciated and loved when you do something for them doesn't have to be big all, could be just very small just as as little as remembering to to bring a dove chocolate that's right Rhea. <laughs> <laughs> but just doing something for them even if they can do it for themselves just taking that initiative to to have a meaningful action on their behalf um, and so, oh, and the, and the fifth love language, last but not least, certainly, is quality time. And someone who has quality time as their primary love language loves the time spent with one another. They want to, you know, go on a, a hike or a walk and talk. They want to sit down for conversation or they want to make memories together. Now, most of us have a very strong one or two love language, as I, as I mentioned, and interestingly enough, it's very rare for someone who's in a personal relationship to, to have a relationship with someone who has the same identical strong one or two love languages. I'm sure it's wonderful when it happens naturally, but most of us are talking in one language and the other person is listening in theirs. And so it's very easy there again for the intent and the meaning to be there. But if I'm not speaking in his language, then he's not necessarily hearing me. So to answer your question of what do you do to increase influence with me? That's what your question was. Yeah, right? just give us some examples of ways that I've done that. And it's open-ended. Yeah. So to, so to speak to the, the the lesson you just taught, I mean, I, I like act I like acts of service and, and quality time. I hate presents. <laughs> I, I hate I love the reason for Christmas, but I hate Christmas. I hate anything <laughs> to do with somebody giving me a present anywhere, anytime. I just do, do not like it. And uh so one thing Rhea does, though, is 
the acts of service. I mean, she, she, she does a lot of stuff at home and, uh, a lot of things I'd never ask her to do. She just does it automatic. But I, I can give you sometimes when we're speaking, I give this example, Rhea, and I would never ask her to do this, but she does it and it's really cool. But and uh, some people put a lot of pressure on them when I tell this about you, Rhea, especially uh -oh. when I'm speaking in person, because <laughs> a lot of people don't do this for other people. But anyway, whenever, you know, whenever my my toothpaste uh, gets almost empty, you always have a another one. You'll she'll set it out. I won't even be paying attention that I'm about to run out of toothpaste. And all of a sudden there's a, there's a new uh, toothpaste there. Same way with my shaving cream, a actually everything, everything that, that I use real, she always keeps it restocked. She's probably got spares hidden somewhere so she can get to them really quick. The toothpaste fairy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happens. And I mean, I, if I throw a, a dental, if I open a new pack of dental floss or something like that, I mean, she, she's got another one already ready to go. So that's that's little stuff, but I would never ask her to do it. And I don't mind doing it for myself, but she does it and she does it faster than I would do it, sooner than I would do it. And and that's a big deal. And uh we take time to watch movies. We don't really watch a lot of what I call junk TV, but uh we do spend a lot of time watching movies together. It's it's part of the quality time. We go on hikes and things like that. And mm -hmm. and uh I know Rhea's busy, but she makes time specifically for that for me i don't know if she cares about watching a movie i know she likes to go hiking though so that's that's something we both we both win when we when we go hiking so that's 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 yeah i mean that's really the some examples some big examples but the chocolate that's pretty good that's probably <laughs> the, still the best one look if somebody's love language is chocolate just carry chocolate for them it's right? easy you know and i'm by the you know as we talk about this i'm nowhere even close to perfect like i miss so many opportunities and part of that is because i'm a very task focused task driven person and so it's not natural for me to think about quality time like you know i want to do all the things and check all the boxes and get all the things done and then maybe we'll have some downtime right but i'm very naturally like get all of the stuff done and then we'll think about quality time, right? That just does not come naturally for me. And so that's one reason the five love languages was really powerful because I realized that I needed to be more intentional about listening in someone else's language and speaking in someone else's language. And, and we received that that book as a wedding gift. We did. In, in 2001. Yep. Because we've just celebrated last year our, our 20, 20th wedding anniversary. Yep, you're exactly right. And, and a lot of a lot of our success in marriage comes from really understanding those those languages and then and trying to uh, align ourselves with like me with your love language and you with, with my love language. So what is what is, what's something I do? Um, well, my love languages are words of affirmation and physical touch. And so one of the things Mac has done and, and he set the bar pretty high these days is he started getting, instead of just buying a, a birthday card, for example, he started actually writing a note or, or making his, making a card at home, but that way he could put the words in it. And that really, you know, always makes me feel very loved and appreciated. And this year, uh, I think it was my birthday. He wrote not just a card. It was like a whole page <laughs> And it rhymed and everything. Oh, I did the rhyme on that one? Yeah, okay. you did the I mean, and I was like, well, you're setting the bar a little higher every year, and I don't know where it's going to go. because so you got to remind me. See, I forgot that I did all that. <laughs> you you got to, <laughs> you know, now I'm like, now I want a handwritten card every year. 
but words of affirmation is a strong one for me. And so um, Mac is very good about doing that. He's always saying thank you when I do something. And so I, then I'm like, oh, let me just do something else for you, you know, all day long, everything. And so, you know, one of the things I think it's important to talk about is a lot of times in relationships, we're waiting for the other person to go first. And it's so easy to get caught up in that whirlwind and saying, well, if he were nicer to me, then I'd be nicer back. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's never going to be the best course of action, right? Because what if that person never did take the initiative? What if they're sitting or they're thinking about, well, why don't you be nice to me first? And then I'll be nice to you. Go ahead. We can't, we can't, well, I was just going to give you an opportunity to jump in here. But a lot of times we wait, right? We, the reason we blame other people or the reason we wait for other people is it's easy to do. And I don't have to do anything if I'm waiting on him to take the initiative. But if we're willing to be the first one to start putting deposits into that relationship account, then it's very easy to start building up um, that emotional bank account. Yes, huge. I mean, you gotta, I mean, that's what developing your influence with another person is all about building trust. And, you know, when, when you live with someone every day and you see them every day or you interact with them every day, it's so easy to make what I call withdrawals and, uh, you know, withdrawals from the trust account. So it's easy to do something, not even on purpose. You may not even know you've done it, but instead of building trust, you're creating distrust. So you gotta, you gotta be intentional about making deposits of trust because you're constantly without even knowing it, you're creating distrust so you're you're taking money out of that trust account so to speak so you i mean that's what we've learned to do is do it do, do a lot on purpose so when we slip up we get we got plenty of cushion mm -hmm. but but you don't you don't make deposits so that you'll have have cushion have cushion <laughs> so you can do something stupid or whatever in the relationship it's it's got to all be sincere and authentic and and that's i mean that's the whole point is to build trust if you want a happy you want a happy life and in my case a happy wife you you got to you got to build some trust and you got to do it constantly and consistently and, and you're going to mess up. And when you mess up, I mean, one way to make another deposit is to apologize sincerely. You know, we was talking about Rhea's one of her love languages, physical touch. I mean, when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is, is go find her and, and give her a hug. And that's, I mean, pretty much that's what we do every morning. Yep. And, uh, you know, sometimes she's not here, but if she's not here cause she's gone running or whatever she does before I wake up. Uh, when she gets back, I'm looking forward and we, we're going to get our hug on, right, Rhea? Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that makes me feel loved is, is just, you know, with people, the little things are the big things. And there again, if we can just be a little more intentional about adding value into that relationship, then it's so easy to get into a good positive cycle. If you're intentional about adding value first, naturally that other person will feel more appreciated and loved. And I think it's much easier to build your influence with them, but it's more, it's also easier for once you do that, then they start wanting to do the same thing, right? It's natural. As you start to increase your influence with someone, they're going to want to start to build influence with you as well. It's kind of like when we're speaking, I, I talk about this all the time. You've touched on it. You know, some people, you got to go far past loving somebody and you, you got to like them and, <laughs> But I'm sure your listeners and, and people I've met in my life, I've met a lot of people who tell you how much they, they uh, you know, they go home, tell their spouse how much they love them. But at work, they always talking to their friends and their coworkers about how much they don't like them. Mm. You know, they're talking 
the bad stuff, which if they find out, that's a big, that's a big withdrawal in the trust account. But the point is, there's so many people who walk in to their home every night or whenever, every day, whenever they get home from wherever they've been and they tell the, the significant other that they love them and, and they know they don't even like them. And the, the couple even knows both of them, neither one of them likes the other one, but they still walk in every day and tell each other they, they, they love each other and, and they just suffer through the relationship. But if you're going to be in a relationship, why not make it better? Mm. Even those people, they, they may not like each other and they say they love each other and they, they're still married. They're not getting divorced. They're not leaving each other. They're still together. So why not learn how to build trust into a relationship? And if, if, if all it takes is one person, like Rhea was saying, usually if one person will do it, especially if they're learning and growing together, then they can do it intentionally. And that's what, uh, that's what, what we've done. You know, a lot of people don't know Rhea. I, I'm your first marriage, but you're my fourth marriage. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they won't think less of you because I told them that, but really I want to talk about me because I, I'm the one been married four times, but we've been together 20 years. I figured out my problem. It, it was me. And, and every problem I've ever had, I've always been involved in it. And, and I got to work on me. I got to get better. So I did a podcast today talking about, you know, uh, uh, if, if Bob has a problem everywhere Bob goes, Bob is the problem. Mm. And I did it really talking about work, but it applies at home too. If every relationship you're in, you know, maybe you're not married, maybe you're dating, but every time you're in a relationship, something happens. If everywhere Bob goes, Bob has a problem, then Bob is the problem. Mm. And some people might say, well, it, it really was that other person. And, and it could absolutely be the other person. But the reason it would still be Bob's problem, if Bob's having a problem every time he gets in a relationship, how can it still be Bob's problem if these other people really do have some issues or character issues or character flaws? Well, it's, it's, it's the way Bob is selecting people, maybe too fast or with not enough uh, learning about the other person, maybe not enough growth and development before I start meeting people to understand what mm -hmm. it is I'm looking for and really understanding about values and long-term relationship versus short-term. But what we always say is you don't have to be sick to get better, but I was pretty sick before I met Rhea and I had a lot of getting better to do, but that's the thing. We've been growing together on purpose together since 2008. Well, you weren't that bad. I married you. Well, I was a little better. I, <laughs> I had gotten accidentally better over the years, but you know, we, we, we met in 2000, got married in 2001. And then 2008, we both started reading and developing ourselves intentionally and methodically on purpose for, I mean, we still do it every day. And, uh, that allowed us, we always tell people when you, when you grow together, meaning you're learning together, you actually grow together, meaning you, you, you come toward each other and you get closer. The relationship strengthens. And, and that's what we've been doing. And that's why you asked me to come in here share this uh be on your podcast with you is share share some thoughts with the folks out there who are listening but i mean couples can do book studies if, mm. you, if you're out there and you're listening and you, you're struggling i, I highly suggest get getting that book the five love languages get two copies and, and you and your significant other go through it together yeah that's what we did we and we only had one book at the time but we would take turns reading it out loud and and then talking about it and uh, we've revisited it since then as well. So we learned a lot from that book. That's a great, that's a great way to grow uh, together and together at the same time. Lots of good thoughts on that. But, you know, it does come down to being intentional. Like any relationship in our lives, we absolutely can increase our influence. But 
but we do have to be intentional. Like it doesn't happen by accident, right? It doesn't happen automatically. And like you touched on, it's easy to make those little withdrawals. Like when I do forget to set out something and you've been counting on me to, to, and then one time we went somewhere and he asked for chocolate and I didn't have it. And that was a little withdrawal. No, it wasn't. Well, you had plenty of deposits (laughs) and I saved a few calories. That's probably your goal anyway. No, (laughs) no. Right. But, but little things go a long way in, in relationships like that, because you do spend a lot of time with that person. And I think it's sad, but sometimes in personal relationships, though the people that we are closest to see the worst of us, because, you know, a lot of times we're nice and, you know, civil and social at work. And then we come home and we just let whatever our frustrations are, we just kind of dump them on somebody. Just bring it right on in. Yeah. And that's, and that's why we need to focus on so much personal growth. You know, it, it ain't about me, but it starts with me. When you're talking about a personal relationship, especially one that matters as much as, you know, a husband and wife relationship. But I'm telling you, if, if you want to make your, your personal relationships better, work on you. We're telling you some things you can do intentionally to build trust and gain influence with, with other people, especially your spouse, but you need to be working on you. If, if you work on you, you're going, you're going to automatically get better. You're going to automatically do these things. So uh, highly recommend that. And if you have enough, if you can build up enough influence to get your spouse to do it also with you, all it's going to do is, is speed up the process. When you say work on you, is that back to the book studies? Like, sure. yeah, I mean, pers- just, just reading, thinking and applying, you know, both of us, Rhea and I have 32 books together and, and, uh, I got a book called defining influence. Uh, subtitle is increasing your influence increases your options. And if you haven't read that book, you might want to get that one out. I talk about a lot of my failures in there. A lot of my things I got wrong relative to parenting my son. I had all kinds of problems. It wasn't just staying married. I had all kinds of problems at work, at home, all throughout my life. But uh, I'm much better now, but I ain't perfect. I got a long, long way to go. But one reason Rhea and I share about this and and uh, are so passionate about it is just the impact this had on our own personal life. I mean, not counting as a couple, just individually. I know, I know you, if you're listening to Rhea's podcast, you know a lot about her story, where she, what she went through. And that's why personal growth has been so powerful for her as an individual, forget about me, but just her as an individual who she has become is because of that self-development and whatever you want in life, it's already out there. It's out there waiting on you to show up. If it's a, if it's a spouse, a significant other, or if it's a job and a career, both of those things are out there waiting on you to show up. You may not be ready for either one of those things. And that's why you haven't gotten them yet. But as soon as you prepare yourself and you go out and, and, and find it, you'll be ready. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. You know, to me, I, I love to read. And so when you talk about reading books and things, that's one of the, my favorite ways to learn. But it's not everybody's. But there's so much knowledge out there. There's so many different ways, podcasts and, you know, audios and videos and all of those things. So if you're not a reader, there's really no excuse because we can grow. Yep. And let me just say a, a lot of people who do read, they, they read to turn the page. That's the mission is to turn the page. And when I'm talking about growing personal growth and development, leadership development, and we define leadership as influence. So you may not be a boss. You may not ever think you're going to you know, have people reporting to you. You still need to study leadership development books because 
leadership is influence. So all any book on leadership development, it's all about learning how to influence people. But what I always encourage people, when you read these kind of books, it, it ain't about turning the page. Just read it slowly. Think on it. Think about it. Back up. Read what came before it. Read what you liked again. Go slow. Read the next thing. See how it ties to the previous thing. And, and that's the way I read. I, I go down and I go up and I go backwards and I go forward. I could care less. I mean, it's not about turning the page unless there's nothing good on the page. <laughs> then, you, then you just keep on going and turn the page, right? But when you get to the good stuff, slow down and absorb it and think about it. And, and the number one thing you can do is start teaching it. T tell people what you read or studied and try to apply it and look for the results from that principle. But the more you tell people about what you're learning, especially your spouse, then the more you're going to internalize it and start living it. Yeah, I think that's key, right? That's a that's a great way is if you're learning something and, and finding valuable value in it, then share it. I mean, why wouldn't you? Especially if it's something that's interesting that helps the relationship grow, then yeah, because a lot of times when I read a book and then I'll recommend it to Mac, he'll read it, but he gets a slightly different perspective. And so that just kind of both allow, allows us both to expand our level of awareness. What did I get out of it? What did he get out of it? And um, sometimes those are different things. Absolutely. A lot of the books I read, I read just so I can recommend them to other people. And, and that happens a lot. But but this is good stuff, Rhea, you're sharing with your audience. Yeah. So you got a series going. I do. We, well, first episode of every month is how to build your influence with fill in the blank. So this probably should have been one of the first episodes. This will be the, actually the third one in the series. But, you know, pretty important, I think. And when I started to think about there's no one I'd rather increase my influence with. So on a personal level, being intentional with that, you know, one of the things I think about first in my morning routine, every morning, I have a, a just a little exercise that guides me through that. And one of the things I think about is what relationship and how I'm going to add value to that relationship. And on, you pop up about six out of seven <laughs> days. So, <laughs> so, so I gotta, I gotta tell the, your listeners though, that, uh, you know, if either one of us had been growing since 2008, like we have, both of us have, but if either one of us would have been growing like we have and the other one didn't grow at all, we'd be having a tough, tough time in our mm. relationship. Yeah. And if we still had it, I don't know if we would, you might not want anything to do with me much as you've grown. And, and you were pretty good though. I, I think I'd be all right if you hadn't grown as much, but <laughs> I'm, I'm the one that really needed to grow the most. And, and, but the, what I'm, what I'm really trying to say there is both people need to be growing to come together. And if one of you grows, especially a lot and the other one doesn't grow at all there's there's a it's a big chance that you're going to outgrow the other person but you you still have to grow regardless of if the other person wants to grow or not you've got to grow but as you grow and develop your influence try to motivate and inspire the other person to, to grow with you mm. yeah keep growing together i love that okay where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your podcast and books and all that stuff uh, best place to find me is bluecollarleadership.com. You go on there and check out. I got a lot of books. My, my background is manufacturing. So uh, the folks that, that I try to touch and speak to the most are those in the blue collar industries. It doesn't have to be manufacturing. And most of the time it's not these days, but just a lot of, a lot of different blue collar organizations. That's, that's who I'm uh, wanting to touch and check out my podcast, Blue Collar Leadership. And it's, it's available on most podcast platforms that's the best place to find me real yeah uh, well i'm gonna find you right here we good to go <laughs> i know where to find you 
<laughs> yeah, next door in the office. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. I, I think it's good to just talk about this and give some people some practical guidance. And I appreciate your time. Well, thank that, you. That was a deposit for me. Thank, thank you for having me on here. <laughs> Absolutely. Until next time.